KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Each week here at the Johncast, we have these pitch meetings where we kick around ideas about future themes and potential topics for episodes. And there's been one idea that, for as long at least as I've been a part of the Johncast, which is almost two years now, and I feel like has been in the ether out there for a potential show topic that we just have never done anything with. <laughs> hello, Tom. Uh, hello, Brian. How are you? Good. This is Tom Rickert. He's our director of podcasting. How are you? I, I'm thrilled to be on the Johncast. Yeah, and you have to be because you've been beating the drum for this topic for as long as I can remember. I've been complaining loudly and frequently, yes. You've been complaining about Philadelphia's flag. Yeah. I have, I have some opinions about Philadelphia's flag. It's not that it's terrible. It's just bad. It's just bad. It's not terrible. It's just bad. It hides. It's just sort of right in, in the middle. It looks like a whole list of other city flags. You know, I have feelings about the flag, but I want to describe the flag. Yes, please. So it's a vertical, bicolor tri-band. That's like fancy words. There are three vertical colors. The left third and the right third are blue, and the middle third is gold. Specific blue. Azure blue. Azure blue. Um, the colors are cool. You know, I like, I like the blue. I like the gold. It's fine. It's, it's just fine. But it's literally the Swedish flag colors. That's why it's, it's blue and yellow. We, we stole it from Sweden. Maybe it's time for a different color scheme. I don't know. That's not my biggest problem with it. My other problem, though, there's this tiny design at the very center of the flag. It's the city seal. There's obviously so much like symbolism and everything means something aspirational and very nice, but it's so busy you just can't see it on a flag. So I guess all my feelings are summed down to we can do better, Philly. Do better. Tom, you are not alone in having these thoughts and feelings. I feel like more and more in recent years, there's been this groundswell where the conversation surrounding the Philadelphia city flag has started to seep into Philadelphia pop culture discourse. So I think it's fair. I think it's a fair question to ask. Is the flag of the city of Philadelphia the best flag for Philadelphia in 2023? The people deserve some answers, Brian. Let us go forth. No matter what race, what religion, how rich or poor you are, how much education you have, that flag flew for everyone in Philly, and it had an incredible story. A hundred years is a good amount of time to consider an update. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I feel confident that my design does represent the city fairly well. Philadelphians have so much passion. I mean, Philadelphia is awesome. I think we deserve an awesome flag. This is the John Cast a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. I'm Brian Seltzer. For our past two episodes, we've been talking a lot about flags, from some of the myths surrounding the legacy of Betsy Ross to the hardworking group of mostly immigrant women in the Northeast who are the only embroiderers in the entire world that have permission to make flags for the President of the United States. In the third and final installment of our Philly Flags miniseries, we're going to move the conversation from the John Cass water cooler to an actual episode and really get into what some people think about Philadelphia's flag. Is it good? Does it represent us? Is there any way to change it? And why caring about a city flag is worth more your time than you think.
Brenda Exon and I were having a heck of a time trying to connect a few weeks ago. Ryan? Yes! We did it! Yay! I'm in the meeting now, it says. <laughs> First, we did cell phone. That didn't work. Then after a couple other options didn't work out either, we finally went the Zoom dial-in audio routes. Huzzah! Is the sound better? Yes, I think the sound to me is better. Good, good, as long as it sounds good to you. (laughs) Brenda lives in the Philadelphia area for most of the year, but every June and July, she and her husband go on a retreat to the town of Ballycastle on the upper coast of Northern Ireland. There's no landline at the cottage, no internet either, but I needed to talk to her, and Zoom audio was the best we could do, gosh darn it. I just thank you humbly for this opportunity to to share what I've learned and, you know, couldn't be more excited to do so. When it comes to repping pride for the original blue and yellow flag of Philadelphia, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bigger champion than Brenda. It is the first official, and that's important to say, official municipal city flag in America. It's the first flag that had an actual ordinance written about it back in 1895 that kind of trumps all any other flag before it. Just to like paint the picture of how passionate and knowledgeable Brenda is about everything there is to know about the Philly flag, before I could even ask her what I guess you would call a traditional or formal interview question about the flag, she had already spent 10 minutes giving me this massive download about the flag and where it came from, all the details that she loves about it. It's like a roadmap, how to be the best city that we can be. And it also builds upon the founding of the city. Our city was named for love. How amazing is that? By incorporating our city coat of arms, which bears our city motto, Philadelphia Mineto, let brotherly love continue. What William Penn began, you know, naming our city for love, we are challenged to let continue. She went on to point out other symbolism on the flag, specifically on the Philadelphia coat of arms that's in the center of the flag. There's the symbols for garland of peace, anchor of hope, equal scale of justice, and cornucopia of prosperity. We can Philadelphia Minetto. We can let brotherly love continue. So it's a flag you can really fly and live by. If you're starting to get the sense that Brenda lives and breathes the Philadelphia flag, you're right. She does. Brenda's got an official nickname, the Philly Pride Lady. Yes, it's trademarked. And she decks herself out in these amazingly elaborate outfits and costumes. They look like dresses but she calls them aprons, and they're inspired by parts of the design of the Philadelphia flag. She's made a bunch of appearances throughout the city over the years, so maybe you've seen the Philly Pride lady out and about. I'm one who enjoys costumes and, and children enjoy costumes. So I thought I'm going to convey information I've learned on the hemline of a Philly Civic Pride costume. And, and I made them like aprons so that I could take them off and interchange them for what I was teaching about. Brenda is a teacher at heart. 
She moved from the Midwest to the Swarthmore area, where she still lives now, in the early 80s and worked in the Wallingford Swarthmore School District for a while. But she gave it up in the late 90s to become a Civic Pride superhero full-time. She was the Philly Pride Lady, and her weapon of choice was the Philly flag. Everything changed for her when she first discovered the flag in 1998. When I did, the light bulb went off because... I needed a universal connector for civic pride, and that was it. That flag flew for everyone in Philly, and it had an incredible story. Brenda felt that more Philadelphians should be aware of their flag. And if they were, it could become this great source of unity for the city. So promoting the flag became her cause. She launched the Philly Flag Campaign. Then she put her nonprofit together, Partners for Civic Pride. Brenda even created a special pledge for the Philly flag, with the help of Will Smith Sr., Will Smith's dad. My city of brotherly love, to you I pledge my pride. To peace, hope, justice, and prosperity, by these principles I will abide. Let them be my guide. I love you, Philadelphia. You One of Brenda's biggest pushes was to make March 27th Philly Flag Day. Her vision was that it would be celebrated every year, a grand celebration of the city's flag on the same date it was formally adopted in 1895. We were starting to actually get somewhere. We'd had a few successful Philadelphia Civic Flag days where the Philly Civic Pride Lady, you know, hosted that. I think Brenda was kind of underselling it there. I went back and I looked at some videos from these ceremonies. There was one from inside City Hall in this grand auditorium from Philadelphia Civic Flag Day. So that would have been March 27th. 2015, and the room was packed. There were city officials, students. Philly Festival Fight for D. A symbol of our unity. There was lots of chanting, cheering. Let brotherly love continue. Consider yourself blessed. And of course, Brenda was right there in the middle of it, resplendent in full-on Philly Pride Lady attire. The reason everything is happening today is all due to Ms. Brenda Embry Exon, the Philly Pride Lady. The real, real love in this room, giving your Philadelphia Minetto. Philadelphia Minetto are the children in this room, the children that live the message of letting brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. There was just this whole jovial spirit, a spirit of unity. Everyone was into it. Just while I was watching it, I couldn't help but think that this did seem important. This did feel like a big deal. We were starting to get more people involved in this Philadelphia Civic Flag Day when our patron donors and significant uh, board member passed away almost just this within a year of each other and that and then with COVID came along so you know we've kind of just been dormant. Around the same time Brenda and her Philly pride lady alter ego were finding that they were running up against another force as well this growing sentiment that the Philadelphia flag might not be that great or at the very least good enough and earlier this year that debate gained even more steam. Have you ever had a family mystery that you just couldn't crack? Well, maybe then you can relate to Allison McCook. 
it came about because one of my, this family lore of the McCooks is that we are related to the person who designed the original Philadelphia flag. His name is Henry Christopher McCook. The Reverend Dr. Henry C. McCook is indeed the one credited with designing Philadelphia's original blue and yellow city flag adopted in 1895. We don't have anything official about that, no paperwork or anything, but I've never met another McCook in this, from this area, so we've always, it's a pretty safe assumption. But get this, when it comes to her family's big potential claim to fame in history, Allison's not that much of a fan. I feel like it's very forgettable. It's not, it's not a flag I look at and I think Philadelphia. From far away, it just looks like mush. Allison's the assistant opinion editor at the Philadelphia Inquirer. She and I chatted at their headquarters a few weeks ago. Maybe it's that there could be a flag maker in her blood, but she got this idea and pitched her company on creating a design contest for a new city flag for Philadelphia. I just felt like there's so much love. Philadelphians have so much passion and strong feelings for the city. I just thought a really good flag would be a great way to show that to the world. I mean, Philadelphia is awesome. I think we deserve an awesome flag. The Inquirer was in. They loved the idea. So Allison and the Inquirer's interactive team got to working on a design template that allowed people to create their own version of the Philly flag and then submit these designs as part of the contest. Oh, I, I like this one. It's just, it's just weird, isn't it? It's <laughs> like how asymmetrical it is. I think it has five squares. Yeah. Um, and initially, and they were... It was this tool that anyone could use and create a flag in less than a minute. We talked a lot about making sure all the colors could be there, that people could choose from different shapes, you know, or, or symbols to include. So what symbols represent the city? And so we talked about, obviously, the Liberty Bell, but things like the original stars from the Betsy Ross flag. We had a turtle to symbolize the Lenny Lenape to represent also Chief Tominen to kind of, when they say pen treaty, <laughs> treaty between two people, the other person was Chief Tominend, who signed the treaty with William Penn. You want to talk about cutting right to the chase? The headline for the article the Inquirer posted on its site to promote the contest was titled, Philadelphia's flag is very bad. Can you design a better one? There were nearly 2,000 submissions to the contest. The finalists were trimmed down to 10 by the end of May, and the winner was fittingly announced in a ceremony in the courtyard of the Betsy Ross House on Flag Day, June 14th, hosted by none other than Betsy Ross herself. Okay, well, it was an impersonator, but a really good one. We are celebrating designers. And this lady, come here, my dear. This dear, sweet Catherine Pierce. And the people of Philadelphia have chosen her design as the Catherine Pierce's design won by a 2.5% margin, which is pretty good considering that there were 10 finalists in the field. Her flag got the full official flag-raising treatment at the Betsy Ross House, complete with a signature colonial flag-raising cheer. Catherine Pierce is a data scientist who lives in Gray's Ferry. When she stopped by our studio recently, I asked her to describe the design of her flag. So I have the two original colors of the Philadelphia flag, 
blue representing the Schuylkill and the Delaware rivers, and the yellow representing the central landmass of north, south, central Philadelphia, and across the river shown uh, West Philly. Uh, and I took the Liberty Bell image right from the uh, Inquirer's website because I thought that was a good image. Pasted that right in the middle. The central landmass is made from a keystone. That's because Pennsylvania is the keystone state, and Catherine wanted to make that connection between Philly and the Commonwealth. If you want to check out Catherine's design or some of the designs from the other finalists in the Inquirer's contest, we're going to be posting some photos on Twitter at the JohnCast, also on KYW News Radio's Facebook and Instagram feeds as well. And we've got some links in the show notes too. But the backstory here is really kind of charming. Catherine said she started her design around three in the morning one night after having a few drinks, but she got inspired, spent about six total hours on the design, spread it out over a couple days, and then bing, bang, boom, she sent it off, and the rest is history. The final product was really purposeful. You can tell just by looking at it. But it also ended up having a really amazing, unintended, hidden gem. Between Center City and West Philly, you can see a, a lightning bolt. I think that was serendipitous. I think, I think that was totally unintentional, but I love how it came out. Perfectly Philadelphian, right? The spirit of Benjamin Franklin. Yeah, it does fit really well. More than anything, Catherine feels like her flag does what any good flag's supposed to do. It represents what it's meant to represent. A lot of people are concerned from what I've heard about losing a piece of history by updating the flag. But we're, I mean, I did, I kept the original colors on purpose. I kept the, the same segmentation. I was trying to, to be really as close to the original design as I could. It's a balancing act, you know? Trying to honor the old while incorporating or bringing in something new. So what if we wanted to change the Philly flag? What would that take? It's been around for almost 130 years. Could that actually be done? We'll try to get some answers and find out what the future holds for the Philly Pride Lady and Catherine Pierce's design next. This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer. So how did Philadelphia's city flag, which has been around since 1895, become so much of a hot-button issue in recent years? Brenda Exon's got an opinion. She's the Philly Pride Lady, and she loves herself the original blue and yellow Philly flag. When she and I spoke by phone earlier this month while she was on an annual getaway to Northern Ireland, she could pinpoint an exact moment in her mind when she thinks that dialogue surrounding city flags in general started to change. The concept went viral with the 2015 Roman Mars TED Talk, Why City Flags May Be the Worst Design Thing You've Never Noticed. That's the name of this TED Talk. Few things give me greater joy than a well-designed flag. This is part of the Roman Mars TED Talk that Brenda referenced. The TED Talk was taped in Vancouver. Happy 50th anniversary on your flag, Canada. It is beautiful, gold standard. Love it. Mars hosts a podcast and radio show called 99% Invisible. I'm kind of obsessed with flags. Sometimes I bring up the topic of flags and, and uh, people are like, I don't care about flags. And, and then we start talking about flags and trust me, 100% of people care about flags. There's just something about them that works on our emotions. 
Since this video was first published on YouTube, it's gotten over 5 million views. If you see your city flag and like it, fly it. Even if it violates a design rule or two, I don't care. But if you don't see your city flag, maybe it doesn't exist. But maybe it does, and it just sucks. And I dare you to join the effort to try to change that. As we move more and more into cities, the city... To this day, eight years after Roman Mars gave that TED Talk, Brenda Exon still thinks it's having a major influence, that it's played a key role in making critical discussions surrounding city flags more and more mainstream. And as a result, more and more people have started paying attention to Philadelphia's flag and asking what I think is a fair question. Is this a good flag? Is Philadelphia's flag a good flag? Back in 2006, a guy named Ted Kay published a manual called Good Flag, Bad Flag. Kay is the head of the North American Vexillological Association, and he came up with a list of criteria that he thinks flags should be judged by. Brenda can rattle them off by heart. One, to keep it simple. Two, to use meaningful symbols. Now, our flag does do that. Three, you, you can only use two to three basic colors. Four, there should be no lettering or seals. And five, unique. It should be unique. Okay, let's cross-reference that. How does the Philly flag stack up to some of these reference points that Ted K came up with? First, parts of the design are simple. I think everyone can agree on that. But you could also argue that the city seal being in the middle of the flag clutters everything up. There's also two basic colors of the Philadelphia city flag, azure blue and yellow. But uh-oh, here is a big violation. Not only does the Philly flag have lettering, it's got that seal right in the center, and that, according to Ted Kay, is a big-time no-no. Is the Philly flag unique? I think you could say it is, but really that's probably a matter that's best settled by the eye of the beholder. This is Brenda's rebuttal to those people who use Roman Mars's TED Talk about flags as a means to justify criticism about the Philly flag. His mission is to get people engaged in design that they care about so they begin to pay attention to all forms of design. So I totally got engaged with Philly in a way I never had thanks to that flag design. But ever so gradually, the Philly flag went from something that was very niche and something that very few people either knew about, cared about, or talked about to something that's become a much more popular point of contention these days. Maybe the city could do better. How would that happen? How would someone even get the ball rolling on something like that? I decided to call Pat Loeb. She's the City Hall Bureau Chief for KYW News Radio. Pat, I feel like you're going to think this is a somewhat frivolous question. I want to talk about the city flag of Philadelphia and if there's anything that could be done, possibly, to change it, like legally. Okay. First of all, I reject the premise of your question. No <laughs> one wants to change the Philadelphia <laughs> city flag, but I will play along because it's you. Yes. Of course, Pat would know. All right. So could this be done? Could we technically change the flag if we wanted to? Yes. It's in the city code, the, you know, how the city flag, how it looks, how it's to be displayed, how it's to be used. It's all encoded. And so it would take an act of city council to change it. They would have to amend that provision of the city code and provide whatever 
hellish new idea someone that would want to change the flag would come up with. So, so if, okay, but just to walk through some of the steps again, to, to play along with this game. Um, so if it requires an act of city council, would a citizen have to go to a member of city council first to say like, Hey, this is something that I I'd like to see done. Yeah. Citizens bring ideas to city council all the time. They often go absolutely nowhere. I'm I'm going to reach to it. Perhaps an equally frivolous example. Many people in the city have wanted to make it legal to keep hens in their backyard for years, for years since the city outlawed it some 30 years ago. And they regularly, they go, they walk around to any office of city council where the door is open and ask that city council person to please sponsor a bill that would legalize backyard hens. And it hasn't happened. So yes, a citizen theoretically could go to a city council member to ask for a change. Does it mean the city, any city council member would agree to do it? But let's say they did. Let's say there's some city council member who doesn't like the flag either and introduces a bill. They they could do that. Um, the bill would get a number and get assigned to a committee. The committee chairman could let it sit there forever and never hold a hearing. Or, you know, if the council member was very passionate about this and wanted to get the witnesses together to hold a hearing, if they went ahead and had a hearing, it probably would pass um, because the committees tend to pass anything that they hold a hearing on. So sometimes they sometimes they don't, but it, that that's the exception and not the rule. And then it would be put on the city council calendar to vote on it. And again, it could sit there for years until the end of the term, or they could call it to the floor for a vote. And that's kind of the legislative process. And just to set the record straight, Pat Loeb is on team pro keep the original flag from 1895. I love the original flag. Tremendous. Pat, thank you very much for indulging me. Always a pleasure, Brian. When Catherine Pierce won the Philadelphia Inquirer's new flag design contest, at first, she was just thrilled to see her design, her creation, make it through such a competitive field, nearly 2,000 submissions. And also, of course, to get the $100 gift certificate to the Betsy Ross house. But now, two and a half months later, she's starting to think more about what could actually be. The more I think about it, the more I feel confident that my design does represent the city fairly well. If I looked up and saw that flag uh, waving at City Hall, I think I would be, I'd be proud. What would the Philly Pride lady, Brenda Exon, think? In her heart, she's a traditionalist. She doesn't want to see Philadelphia lose a part of its history. A new flag would be hard for her to accept. If it goes to a redesign, no, I, 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 I don't know that I, I, I can get behind that. I would hope just for posterity that the original Civic flag, Philadelphia flag, would always fly. I really uh, invested, invested in, in Reverend Dr. Henry C. McCook uh, and what he did for this city in making the first city flag. All right. 
Tom Rickert, we heard the piece. We heard from people who I think are of like minds with you. Allison McCook from the Inquirer. Catherine Pierce, who had the winning flag design from the Inquirer contest. And then there was Brenda Exon, the Philly pride lady, who was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Is anything you heard changed your view, made you think of things a little bit differently as far as your stance on the Philly flag? I think Brenda's lovely. I love the work that Brenda does. I love the enthusiasm and the pride for Philadelphia. And I just can't help but think, what if Brenda actually had a good flag to be excited about? I would love to hear her go in front of a city council session or a school and talk about an actually good flag. You know what's coming up this fall? First weekend of October, right here in the great city of Philadelphia, the annual North American Vexillological Association Conference. On my calendar. You know who's making a presentation about the Philly flag? Brenda Exxon. We might have to go. Check it out, right? I think we're going to need to do a part four in the fall. We'll put it on the books. Tom, thank you for framing this journey for us. Always happy to help, Brian. The John Cast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts and is made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Sabrina Boyd Serka, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa, and me, Brian Seltzer. Special thanks to Catherine Pierce, Allison McCook, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Tim Kelly, and Brenda Exon, the Philly Pride Lady. Listen, not everyone might share the same opinion when it comes to Philadelphia's flag. There is one thing it seems like we can all agree on. In the history of the United States of America, is there a more significant flag city in United States history than Philadelphia? And given <laughs> there to the is rest not. Of the yeah, no, there just isn't. Is there a better flag city than Philadelphia? I can't imagine a better. I mean, can you think of a I think there are cities that have better flags. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. But the tradition of flag making, I don't know. We've got the Betsy Ross house right here, too. There's no greater flag city in America than Philadelphia. And I think citizens across this great nation would agree. Yes, Philadelphia is a great flag city, maybe the best that there is in this country. And to make our case, we invite you to go back and listen to all three episodes that were part of this Philly Flags miniseries and become more familiar with how Philadelphia's past and present is intertwined greatly with flags. Follow the John Cast on Twitter at the Johncast. You can listen to the Johncast free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pod. We'll talk to you next time.